Yes, people, what's going on? It's uh, episode, what, 311 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? It's Monday night. So I had to take a drink. So I've just been eating chocolate and my tongue was stuck to the roof of my mouth. <laughs> there it is. Okay, yes. It's Monday night. Uh, pod is late. Uh, that is because Sunday I was doing my work in progress show for um, for Inconceivable. It's part of Vault, Vault uh, Festival down at The Glitch in the Spacement. Shout out to everyone who came along. Um, had a lovely surprise of my uh, head of year from school turning up. So shout out uh, Mrs. Quarter. They turn up. Um, yeah, crazy. I haven't seen her since I was 16. So that's good. 19 years ago. Crazy. Crazy. And uh, it's funny because I remember we went on a school trip when I was younger. And she brought her kids along. And her kids, to me, felt proper young. In hindsight, the, her eldest son was only two years younger than us. But he just felt proper young. And um, so when I was, oh, how old is your, your son? It's like, he's 33. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, so crazy, man. But it's really nice for them to come. But yeah, the work of progress shows are going well. Um... We sold a good amount of tickets for that. There's 20 tickets. We sold room held 29. So we sold 20. Um, yeah, it's really cool to be selling tickets. Considering, you know, I didn't really do much promo. Um, I just post on my socials. Power of social media, eh? So I do need to do more for my socials, get more people down to uh, to watch the shows. But yeah, people, there's still more shows to come uh, before I go in my comedy paternity leave so go on the website but there go angel on the 9th thursday the 9th and we're in leicester the comedy festival on the 16th of feb but that will be my last gig um before the baby comes i think uh there's another one in the diary that i'm not sure i can make um I haven't cancelled it yet but who knows who knows who knows who knows um but yeah What's been going on? What's going on in your week? What has been happening? Um, Starting my week, recording, recording late nights and wet wipes as well today. It's been busy, 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 busy. Um, discussing with uh, agent about venues. Oh, did I mention in the last pod that I have now changed agents, or agencies, I should say, change agencies. I was with Avalon, um, and now with PBJ. Um, no, no bad blood, no beef, or it was a very amicable divorce. So the way it set up uh, for me at Avalon was that I had my agent, um, who's a guy called Julian, and then there was the assistant to the managing, um, to the founding like manager called Youssef. And so Yusuf was almost like an, an assistant manager, an assistant agent, if you will. Um, he was my main point of contact. He was my liaison. And um, he always had aspirations of becoming an agent himself. And I don't think he got those opportunities at Avalon, right? So, so while I was there, for the year I was there, I was, it would be June, it was technically my manager but it was Yusuf who I spoke to every other day that's who I spoke to 
I said, I've had a good relationship with uh, Julian, but my relationship was with Yusuf. Then Yusuf left Avalon and went to PBJ. And then it was like, oh, yeah, when he told me he was leaving, I was like, oh, man, I don't know what that means. And then uh, it's all been really above board and really super cool. Julian was like, yeah, Yusuf's left. He's on the PBJ. Maybe you should wait till he goes there and have a little chat with him. Once he's got his feet on the table to see what the deal is. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I want you to stay, but do what's best for you. And um, yeah, and it was like this really amicable divorce where both parents were like, you know, we love you. And we just want the best for you. <laughs> so whoever you decide to live with, there will be no hard feelings. You can always come back and visit. And that's kind of what it was. So I ended up deciding I was going PBJ. And um, to show you there wasn't any hard feelings, I was at the Avalon party on Friday. Um, with, uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of people in the agency, bigger comedians than, than me. There's people like uh, Russell Howard, Paul Chowdhury, um, Dave Gorman was there. Um, uh, there was other, there were kind of big names. Having comedy and like behind the scenes producers and all that sort. And that, did I schmooze? No. <laughs> I don't schmooze. I can't schmooze. I don't know why. Um, I'll have a normal, heartfelt, deep conversation with a stranger. I'll do that. But you know, there's some people, some people I'm in this industry with, they're so connected to the industry, like so locked in, tuned in. That there's someone walks in the room, they're like, they're the assistant commissioning officer at Channel 4. And they're the assistant producer on this program, and like Taskmaster, and they know everyone. And so, and they, you can tell they move in a way that's like, I'm, I'm going to speak to this person, I'm going to speak to this person. And no, maybe I've got the attitude wrong. I just think cream rises to the top, and I'm just working on the recipe to make good cream. That's it, really. Rather than trying to force a sale, let's just work on the product. And I think that's um, that's what I'll, I'll always do. Maybe once I've got the product, then I'll... That's when I'll be, you know, that kind of person. I need to speak to that person. Because, they, because I've got some like mates in comedy, like they, they want to get in front of, you know, these big TV companies. It's like, have you even wrote a script? It's like, no. So, where do you want to get there then? So, no, just you know, work on your craft get better and not everything's microwave not everything's just bing straight away some things are you know prepared over time seasoned the night before I think that's what you know, we've got to remember right not everything's just instant not, not instant gratification all the time but that's me giving you life lessons kids <laughs> what's been going on in the world uh, Dan what's been going on to Tory parties with is it uh, Zahawi? I ain't followed it. Apparently, I don't know. Someone did with tax. An investigation. He thought it was an investigation. He claimed he didn't know it was an investigation. It actually was. I don't know. I don't know. I ain't followed it. I ain't followed it. News. I'm having a bit of news apathy at the moment. Especially politics. No interest in that. Um, it's got the, the killing in America of... When I say the killing, there was quite, there's been quite a few killings. Um, while I'm talking about specific, specifically, 
He's one of the five police officers. And Ty, is it Tyre Nichols? His name is Tyre Nichols. He's um, yeah. It was funny because my wife was asking me lots of questions about it. So I've seen it, and I just weren't really interested, weren't engaging. And I was like, I don't know, I just don't want to think about it. And then she's like, go, oh. because I've. I was like, what does it do for me, like, knowing all this? And she goes, oh, I just think it's important to know something to our people. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, it's because it's scary. I'm like, I get that. But, like, I know maybe I'm rationalising it too much. I go, but that's in America. It's not here. And I know there's police violence here. But, you know, the, 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 the what's it, the kind of, touch points, the lighting points that these things happen in America aren't the same uh, here, you know? Like, you're not going to get pulled over by... You, you, as a black person, you get pulled over by the police a lot because they just think, you haven't got insurance, it's not your car, all right? That's not going to result in you dying. Just It just won't, not in the UK, because it's not seen as a dangerous situation. It's just seen as you've got a car, it's not yours, mate. And... Um, or it's not insured or whatever. Whereas in America, being pulled over, the driver might have a gun. The officer does have a gun. So now it's a heightened situation where it's like, oh, death could actually be the outcome here if the if the driver's not 110% compliant. And it needs 110% because you could be compliant to the law, compliant to the orders of the officer. But the officer decides, nah, not today, mate. Then it didn't even matter. It literally didn't matter. Whereas here, like in the UK, I just yeah, I think sometimes what I was this how I was rationalising it to I was like sometimes we just absorb stuff over there simply because they're black, and we just think it's just our issue as well. But it's not that I'm not concerned. It's just I don't think it's something I need to see and think about all day. And then, um, and then the mail went online, I saw like a little meme that said uh, about apparently black people suffer PTSD each time they see like a black person get killed at the hands of the police. And uh, they're saying that, yeah, you should be careful in what imagery you take in. And I was like, I think that's it. Not that I've suffered from PTSD, I don't, I don't think I feel it that deeply, not at all. But it's a thing of, I almost feel like it's just not good for me to see it. Like, I'm not gaining anything from seeing it. Like, it maybe makes you a little mad, maybe very concerned. But it's like, I want say a little mad, because again, I'm just, I've kind of numb those feelings, because I just, so it's just not going to serve you well, is it? Unless you're an actual act, activist who's going to bring in some kind of police reform in the US, just watching it, taking it in, getting upset and being angry. It just perpetuates this perception that the whole world is against you and everything's a danger and it's going to kill you. And to me, PTSD is not a normal response to something, right? So, let's... I don't know. I don't know, man. But it's, it's, it's a crazy story, though. Right? It seems personal, from my opinion. As in the officers knew him and just didn't like him. Because you don't just beat the shit out of someone like that. Which is odd. Really odd, man. But yeah, that's what it is. That's what the news is at the moment. 
seems like police over there have got the obviously institutional racism police over here institutional racism it seems like they've got institutional sexism going on or misogyny or there's a rape culture you got a police officer was it but this might be the most prolific sexual offender in UK history it's just deviant dudes my wife and I were discussing like what, what do you think it is about police the racism in America and the you know kind of rape culture in the UK she did psychology at uni so did I and you know we were saying you know it's obviously it's an institutional thing it's a culture within the those institutes hence why the killing of, a, of an unarmed black man by the police doesn't actually feel any different that the police were black there's a sense that still makes sense is the murder of an unarmed person at the, at the hands of the police it's and it's like them being black. Is that are they? Or are they just blue? Because that's the culture. It's blue. And this thing of is it those who have these crazy ideas are attracted to the police, or is it just being in the police makes you have these crazy ideas? I don't know. But it's um. It's just. It's just nuts. It's just not. Nice. I think what it is is they don't have the safeguarding, right? Like if you're working in finance, for example, there's so many guidelines and safeguarding to stop any kind of embezzlement happening. Why? Even though people trusted and stuff, it's because if you were going to be someone who's going to commit embezzlement, you would work in a job where you have access to uh, to other people's money. Same as a teacher. Loads of safeguarding and stuff. Because if you were a nonce and you've gone undetected, where else would you want to work? In a school. So they've got all these procedures. Whereas like the police don't seem to have that. It's like some police officers do something crazy. They just found out that they got arrested a few months ago and then they're, they're on the force. And then... You know, years later, it's like, oh, they, they killed this person, raped that person, did this, did that. Oh, we didn't know. And it's like, what? Like, like, do police officers have to actually go through real, like, psychological checks? For, you know, mental stability. I feel like that should be, like, one of the kind of key requirements in America as we walk around with a gun. Are you actually mentally stable? It just seems like they don't have that vetting process. And it's, yeah. And I think that's the kind of issue, right? It's just underpaid guys doing a job that is just... looks shit and hard. And having to bloody talk to drunk people, like, nah, it just looks long. <laughs> it looks long. And it takes a t- certain personality type, like, I'll do that. Nah, not a chance. Anyway, let's give us a dear Deirdre because it's getting late. I'm getting tired. I don't want to fall asleep mid-read. Have they put... No, I haven't put the dates on yet. You rosclots. Okay. Um, that looks good. 
week. They haven't got me on flipping BBC on there. Yet. Anyway, sorry, I'm reading my own bio. Oh, actually, before we move on to bloody dear, 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 guys, there's a new TV show on in America, and I had to get my VPN to watch it. It's called Milf Manor. If you haven't seen um, clips of it, just go on YouTube, type in Milf Manor. Um, it's the most bizarre and unethical shows you're ever going to see. I think we've finished as a species. Uh, now we've made this. Um, I think it's more despicable than Keith from Free Shots uh, show. <laughs> I think it's more despicable than that. <laughs> um, and it's Milf Manor is how it's so it's these eight women, older women who are mums, who gone to a dating show to a retreat and have known that they're going to meet younger men men like to date older women so you know so then so yeah get to know these guys and then the big reveal is the eight guys are the con the women's sons so each mom has one son and they're all dating each other obviously except for the ones who are related no they just have to share a room but yeah, everyone else is just fair game. And that is crazy because I can't crack onto anyone's mum knowing that someone's cracking onto mine. You know? It's just, and it's a show, I watched it. There's one mum who was trying to get one guy in bed. Obviously, she's sharing a room with her son, so she's trying to tell her son he has to leave the bedroom. He's like, I ain't leaving the bedroom. And then she's whispering to the other guy, come downstairs. And she wants this guy. And then the sons are appalled because he's like, Mum, we're six hours into the show. (laughs) She hasn't even been there a whole day. She's like, oh, I'm here to smash. Fair play to her, though. She wants to get her groove back. But um, I will be continuing to watch it before it comes out in the UK. Yes, I will watch it. Anyway, let's get on to Dear Deirdre. Oh, what's wrong with you, brother? Dear Deirdre, my, I want my wife to consider a threesome with me and her cousin. Error. Big error there. Like, what are you talking about? How is she going to bang her cousin? What is happening here? I said the world's finished, isn't it? Look at this. Years ago, my wife had a threesome with her best pal and her mate's boyfriend. Uh, now I'd love a freeway with my other half and her sexy cousin, but don't know how to ask her. It's her cousin, bro. Stop this. We have been together for 10 years and married. Oh, you're, no, you're too far into relationships to be talking about sexy cousins. Listen, attractive is attractive, yeah? Cool. But once you've been in someone's family for that long, you know what I mean? Their cousins should be your cousins. Um, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like, you, you should look at them, like their family. Like, do you want to bang your own cousin? That's how it should be. So you said you're married, didn't you? I've been together for 10 years, married for six. She's 36, I'm 34. Our little boy is five. We've always been adventurous when it comes to sex. My wife likes dressing up and I love it when she does. She's got toys, whips and handcuffs. It's paradise to me. Last weekend, our little boy was staying at my mother, at my mother's, sorry. Last, I, read, <laughs> I was trying to read something that wasn't there. Anyway, last weekend, a little boy was staying at my mother's 
my wife and I had Sunday sex, had a Sunday sex session, and then we talked about people we dated. She was pretty wild at uni and did a few crazy holidays in Magaluf and Falaraki. Still, I was surprised when she told me she'd once had a threesome with her best friend and her boyfriend. She got locked out of her hall, so turned up at her mate's student house in the early hours. Apparently a cuddle led to a kiss and a full-blown sex. What a lucky guy. She admitted she was drunk and the sex wasn't that great. My wife said she wouldn't do it again, but might consider swinging. I was shocked by her admission and realised I wouldn't handle seeing her with another bloke. I'm jealous enough as it is. Okay. But I did like the idea of a threesome with another woman. Brilliant, mate. Maybe pick one that's not in your family. Let's continue. That's a turn on I can't get out of my head. Brilliant. Uh, her cousin is 33 and very sexy. She's the type who'd be up for anything because she flirts with me every time she meets me. No, she might want to shag you, mate. No, no doubt. But I don't think she wants to shag her cousin. That's just... That's just me. That's just me. I'm a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. I don't want to shag my cousin. That's just me. Maybe you're different. My wife laughed it off. How can I get my wife to agree to it? Right, so, where's the cousin thing? Oh, he said just before that. Yeah, listen, your wife should slap you in the face with a knife. Like, <laughs> are you crazy? Um, right. Uh, let's find this one. This is interesting. Secrets. How will I find another job now that people know my dad was a con artist? I'm dear Deirdre. Uh, my sister divulged our family secret about dad's conviction to her boyfriend. Who con? Oh, let's go again. My sister divulged our family secret about dad's conviction to her to her boyfriend, who told my employers. Okay, brilliant. In early January, my contract was up for renewal, but after he blabbed, they said they didn't want, didn't need me anymore. I'm 25, uh, female care worker with the elderly. My sister's 28 and her boyfriend's 29. He doesn't like our family and is always causing trouble. Six years ago, my dad went to prison for scamming <laughs> the elderly out of money. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Again, six years ago, my dad went to prison for scamming the elderly out of money by massively overcharging for fitting double glazing. I was 18 at the time and horrified when the truth came out. I couldn't believe my dad would rip off such vulnerable people. Well, let's see, you might be a force or the better in the world if that's how you felt. So, yeah. Um, wait, what did I just say then? What did I just say then? I don't know what I just said. Um, so, so I couldn't believe my dad ripped us off from people. Dad got six months and always felt ashamed. Desi, my, I'm living with my sister. Her boyfriend knows my manager and told him about dad one night at the pub. I've now been let go. My boss and I should have... My boss said I should have told them. I'm worried I won't get another job. Don't worry about not getting another job. You'll be fine by getting another job. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the particular scam is pretty on the nose, right? But just keep cracking on. Just slowly cut your dad out your life. And that's it. Uh, 
Well, I just don't have to cut your dad out of your life. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a con artist, but maybe just create a bit more separation. You know? Like, that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to get married and change your name. I don't know. But that sounds like hell. That sounds like no way to be preparing. Um, no need for life, really. Because if that's your field of expertise, your dad's on a madness in that field. Yeah, you're suspicious, right? Def- definitely suspicious of that person. All right, one more, one more, one more. Just one more, one more. Uh... <sighs> Jesus, right, that one's a deep one. Right, let's get on to it. Dear Deirdre, selfish mum lied about who my real dad was for 30 years. Now I know the truth. Jesus. I want to know if this guy actually lived with you and he's, you thought he was your dad and it's one of them ones. Or is it that they're... Um, oh my God, my brain just went blank again. Let's <laughs> start again. Um... Yeah, is it one of those that he's lived with you all that time, that's it? Or is it one of those where it's, uh, you know, he's some guy, he's just some guy. It just happened one night while he's actually just always lived like two doors down. Is it one of those ones? Let me know. Let's see. DJ, your new mum was selfish, but since discovering she lied about who my real dad was for is, I don't think selfish covers it. She hasn't once apologised and moans that my discovery has stirred up all the hurt again for her she loves him today uh, as much as she did then apparently she is impossible i only discovered the truth when we tracked when he tracked me down on social media while i was shocked um yeah so while i was shocked i believed him he has two sons look and his two sons look like me there you go the man i called dad when i was growing up Often left the family home for months at a time. Oh, golly, his stepdad wasn't good. He wasn't even that shocked when he found out the truth. His relationship with mum was toxic and they are no longer together. Um, what am I reading here? I'm 31 year old woman. My real dad is 64, my mum is 58. Dad and I did a DNA kit test, and when the results confirmed we were father and daughter, we were both thrilled. He's trying to make up for lost time and I want and wants to be involved in my life. While I'm so happy I finally found him, I'm also livid that I missed out on years of having such a great dad in my life. You're not sure if you have though, because he could have been a right arsehole back then. You don't know. The moment that time apart made him grow. You don't know. Uh, we met we have met five times already, even though he lives 150 miles away. My mum is constantly pumping me for information about him but has never once asked about how I am. She says she's still mad in love with my biological father. How can she say this about someone she hasn't mentioned for 30 years? I think she kept quiet about him for so long out of spite because he never wanted a relationship with her. I don't know what to do about the whole situation anymore. Um... I think you've got to forgive your mum, innit? Because obviously she dies tomorrow. You're going to be beefing about this new dad. Of course, you're enjoying times with this guy. He's doing weekend dad duty. He's probably got you in your adult self down at McDonald's, giving you a Happy Meal, some extra fries. 
what am I talking about? Anyway, I think that's the end of the podcast. My head's on the dining table. Um, yeah, that's it. Because I don't know what I just said that last bit. Oh, dear, I think I'll get a drink. I'm so thirsty. Anyway, that's not... Um, you didn't need to hear all of that at the end of the pod. <laughs> but listen, go get tickets to my work in progress shows. Alright? 9th of Feb, Angel. 16th of Feb, Leicester. Alright. Alright, people. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out.